0: Does Microsoft really not know when Call of Duty initially released? The press seems to not understand legal arguments. Plus, cloud game saves aren't immune to storage failures either. Tonight is January 8th, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So so you would say even if Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. (laughs) Wow, what what happened to your voice? So video games—that's what the show is about. This is that one Akerifer from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not I saying it's a bad it. game; I just don't like it. Billy Ok says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's—it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right. I pulled myself away just long enough to set up an actual show about video games tonight where we actually talk about things. That aren't about beating games fast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a a normal length but a fast edition, I guess, of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on Twitch here on this Sunday night, thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. We are live each and every Sunday night here at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vognetwork uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights. Uh, And uh, you can come and uh, interact with the show directly. And uh, I try to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. But I do understand this is a podcast. There are sometimes other things that are on uh, that you would probably rather be watching live on Sunday nights or you're spending time with your family. But we are a podcast. You can join our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. uh, And uh, that will get you into our our very low traffic Discord server. It's a very chill a nice Discord server uh, where we don't ping you. Uh, so it's, 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 it's a nice one to be in. It's a nice one to add to your list. Uh, and that's where you can submit topics for, uh, or react to previous episodes, submit topics for future episodes, or just see what we're doing, uh, and when, what we're thinking about and what we're talking about. And, uh, that would be great. So that, uh, tomorrow to today, actually it already started, uh, awesome games done quick 2023 online is now live uh, and uh, let's check in. Let's see what they're doing. And we're not supposed to do this, so don't tell, uh, don't don't tell anybody that I'm doing this. But let's let's see what what are they doing? What how is this going? We are uh, they are running Cuphead right now, three hundred percent. So not any percent, not one hundred percent, but three hundred percent. Jason two eight nine zero is running a uh, Cuphead, which was the bo- first bonus game. And uh they've already raised over $100,000 for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. The event just started 8 hours ago. And we they've already uh raised $108,000 for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. So, uh AGDQ is happening this week. Uh it is one of the two best weeks of the year. Uh to me, it's when I learned that uh, you know, oh that's bad RNG should really be in my vernacular and it never is uh outside of that. And uh and and, and yeah, and uh, Dark says, I mean, that one's hard enough, talking about Cuphead, that one's hard enough for me normally, but to speedrun it, that's got to take some crazy skill. Yes, uh, it does. And uh, that's why I don't uh, even play Cuphead. And they played the, the, the tutorial and I'm like, hey, I'm a podcaster. That's as far as I get, right? It's the tutorial. I could play it in my car. Uh, probably not with all the DLC. The three hundred three hundred percent is it's the base game and all the DLCs, so it gets up to three hundred percent. But they have to do the tutorial because there's a coin in the tutorial, so you can't actually get three hundred percent without going through the tutorial. So, uh, that's going on, and I am going to be hosting once again. I am one of the twenty-two hosts. This is my sixth event. Six. Yes, this is my sixth event, even though the first one apparently doesn't count anymore because the one run I had my first event was run by somebody who uh, wound up cheating later, and so they removed all of his runs uh, from the record, and so it's kind of like I had my wins vacated uh, after the fact. Had to get a sports ball reference in there. Uh, But uh, but yeah, so uh, I've been doing this for six events, and this year is no different. I am actually on the air less than 12 hours from right now. So I do this show uh, and then listen to OLR, which is going to be back tonight. Uh, And then I've got to then, uh, you know, try to get some sleep so I can be up early enough. Because at around 6 a.m., right now I think the schedule says 6.30 a.m., but uh, who knows? Who knows how how the schedule is going to change up? Uh, It's 6 a.m.-ish Eastern time, so 3 a.m. Pacific. I am going to be hosting my first block of games. Uh so I am going to be hosting Gungrave, uh which is being run by DE Cosmic, who was a commentator on the first uh the actual first run that no longer exists anymore. Uh but he was a commentator on that run. So uh it's going to be it's, it's f- always fun working with him. Armored Core Project Phantasma being run by PMC Trilogy. Uh talked with him a little bit earlier this week. I actually talked to all the runners earlier this week. Uh, and uh, so that one's going to be fun. Um, first time Armored Core has been shown in an AGDQ. And also a friend of the show, Chef Lou Boo, who used to be the manager and geek trivia master over at Battle & Brew here in Atlanta. He is one of the commentators because he loves mechs. Uh, and it's also, it's a From Software game. So, like, you know, it's not a Souls game. But I think, like they said, like Armored Core 6 is actually going to be a Souls-like Armored Core mech game, and so I am suddenly no longer really interested in Armored Core 6. Not that I really play the Armored Core games. Anyway, uh, right after that, Bomberman 64, the second attack. This is being run by a Japanese runner, EIP. I spoke with uh, their translator uh, and interpreter earlier, so that one's going to be... That's probably going to be the hardest one because I believe even the interpreter, English is their second language. They just know English a little bit more than the runner. Uh, so we're gonna have some uh it's good. that one's gonna be probably awkward. I hate to say it. Uh but we're gonna make we're gonna make it work. It's like it's gonna be at 8 a.m. Eastern. It's gonna be fine. Uh and then Onamusha 2, Samurai's Destiny being run by Woadie B, uh solo runner. So uh he's 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 gonna be doing his own commentary. So who knows what, what what hilarity will come from that. That's gonna be uh in about twelve hours from now. So by the time the podcast comes out, that's already happened. Go to YouTube. You're going to be able to watch all these on YouTube unless something horribly goes wrong and they decide not to upload it to YouTube. Thursday morning, starting at around six thirty ish AM Eastern, three thirty Pacific. Who knows? I, uh, the the schedule changes. I get to close out the awful block. Uh, so the first game I'm I am uh, going to be hosting for is called Bad Guys at School, and this is by sadly badly is going to be running it. And Bad Guys at School it's a uh, it's a PC game. It's it's bully. It is essentially it's it's a it's a reincarnation of the old Rockstar game bully, uh, but it's hilariously broken, and so they hilariously break it in many different ways. Uh, so that one's going to be fun. The second one, though, this is definitely a thing because uh, I've actually watched this this run and spoken with this run a little bit because he's a solo runner once again. Crack attack is going to be running. Steven Seagal is the final option. This is a prototype Super Nintendo game. It was never completed, but the Super Nintendo version leaked. They were making it for Super Nintendo and Genesis. The Genesis version is never leaked, uh, but it was apparently the superior one, and there was, like, infighting between the two studios. It's really fascinating when you try to, like, read up, like, Wikipedia on this game. Uh, But uh, Steven Seagal, uh, this is a prototype game. It was not finished, so he basically goes through the nine levels that you can actually complete out of the 18 levels in the game. Uh, and it's got some great things like, uh, you know, uh, he, Steven Seagal, just like in real life, does not have unlimited lives. He has 256 lives. And when he loses one of those lives, he can respawn wherever he wants. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how that works. Uh, and you're going to get to see that. And uh, I'm going to be asking for facts about Steven Seagal. Uh, because there are many facts in this game about Steven Seagal, but it was unfinished. Uh, Also, I want to know why he's the final option. What options were tried? before Steven Seagal was declared the final option. Uh, so that closes out Awful Block. And then Mega Man ZX by Amizio, another Japanese runner, except apparently he does uh, understand enough uh, pretty good English. But I've been speaking with one of his commentators and working on that. So uh, that is, there's no Mega Man Block, but there is that Mega Man game. And I think there are other Mega Man games at other uh, times, but just timing is is interesting. So... Uh, You can go to gamesdonequick.com, look at the schedule, and you can search for my name, and it will show up, and you can find out what that is in your uh, time. Or if you're in the Discord server, I created Discord events of when I am on, so you can mark that as interested, and it'll automatically change for your time zone and all that fun stuff. So, uh, that's AGDQ. Next week, I will probably talk about the experience and go through each of the runs like I usually have and talked about. Uh, what it's like but it's probably going to be a lot like the other five times uh that I've done a, an AGDQ wrap up on this show because it's online it's uh uh they're doing some neat things with the the graphics and stuff uh, on the break screen um they're actually they're doing a salty bet like thing uh which is which is hilarious with with Twitch channel points uh where like they'll be like pick a fighter and it'll be like it, it'll you know are are going to you know uh Zangief versus Balrog and you have like a minute to bet channel points and then ai fights for a minute and then you get channel points and it's actually kind of cool how that all works so um so they're doing some neat stuff with that and uh and and but everything else generally it's kind of the same uh as what i'm used to and it's one of the things about having done this so many times it's like things haven't gotten too different yet but we'll see what happens at the end of the week, so uh, we do get a co- did get a comment over on vognetwork.com uh by e three vl uh, reacting to last week's episode because I was t- it was more of an ask me anything type of episode we were talking about games of the year uh, and stuff like that so uh, e three vl was uh was basically gave his opinion on uh, one of the questions I was asked which was by critical myth who asked uh, what do I anticipate my sleeper hit being in 2023 and uh, a game that is not a blockbuster, but one that's going to take everybody by storm. And my answer was, we don't know what it is yet because it's going to be a game we don't know about right now. Uh, we know about the blockbusters that are coming out and not necessarily all the indie games that could become a sleeper hit. e 3 vl thinks the sleeper hit will be a PlayStation VR two game. And uh, that, that is interesting. That implies that psvr two is a hit. Because you can't really have a hit game uh, without people to be able to play it. And it really depends on how the PSVR uh, 2, the, the, the supply handle uh, handles. Uh, They've apparently gotten PS5s back on the market. We got a story about that. Uh, and it's easy to get a PS5 now. But uh, for, for a PSVR 2 game to be a hit, the PSVR 2 has to be a hit. I'm not positive that's going to happen. He continues, uh, and, uh, talking about games of the year, I had said, you know, probably the best game I played was Stray, but I didn't get to play that many games because of personal things that happened in my life. Uh, so, like, I didn't play that many games in the second half of 2022, so I couldn't really give a game of the year because, like, maybe Stray and, like, Trombone Champ were, like, my favorite games that came out in 2022 because I did not, uh, get played Tunic like Mike Deft wanted. But, Uh, E3VL played some games, so his personal rankings from best to worst, I'm only going to read, like, the top six that he put in here, uh, but he, God of War Ragnarok, which, uh, I still have to finish God of War, the, the PS4 one, uh, Splatoon 3, he put it second, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, he put it third, I still have to finish Zero Dawn, so that's why I haven't played that, uh, Last of Us Part 1. Which uh, I'm—it's kind of interesting that that's uh, fourth place in, in his list, considering it's just a remake of a game that's already been out, and so that tells you right there when people say we want you know new IP, no, they don't, because all th- the top four in this list were either sequels or remakes of games that already came out. Uh, then he said Elden Ring which is a lot of people's uh, number one. And then Pokemon Violet was what he put then. And then he listed a whole bunch of others. I'm not going to read all of them uh, because it's like, here's all the games I played. Uh, But uh, I mean, Bayonetta three came out this year and people thought that was going to be their game of the year. And then it came out there and it ends with like DC league of super pets was like the, the worst game he played. You know, who knows? It might've still been a good game. Sometimes even, you know, bad games are good because they're games. They're fun. Uh, Live Alive came out this year. That one I forgot about because it came out earlier on in the year, right before everything fell apart, and I didn't complete it. Uh, but I did enjoy my time with Live Alive. Uh, but that was also a remake of something we didn't get here in the U.S. Mike Deff says, uh, you can still play Tune. and can make it your game of the year 2023. You're right. I could. We'll see about that. That was uh, that was what he had said about his game of the year. Thank you so much for providing all of that and uh, and providing your thoughts, uh, especially because I it's hard for me to come up here and talk about it when I'm like I didn't play most of the games that came out uh, because I had other things going on, and I cannot wait for all that to be done so I can go back to playing games with all my free time because uh, you know couple of years ago, I was able to sink 120 hours into Persona 5. Uh, that definitely would not happen now, unfortunately. So uh, Consumer Electronics Show was this week. Uh, there's some things that I would do want to highlight from CES. Uh, and uh, the 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 what I'm not going to highlight is Arcade 1-Up, uh, even though I know a lot of people sent that to me. Um, the Arcade 1-Up announced uh, three new cabinets, Two of which are uh, upscale remasters of previous cabinets. So I guess they don't have any new licenses, really. So they've got to try to re-entice people to buy the old, to buy the new versions of things they've already got licenses for. Because I think they've got a new Pac-Man one and a new Mortal Kombat one. So that's what they announced. And then they're they're going into slot machines because I keep telling you that slot machines are really like. That is what a lot of gaming companies, that's what they do to make a lot of money. Everybody's like, Konami's a failed gaming company. No, Konami makes slot machines. They're doing just fine. They're not making Metal Gear Solid's or Castlevania's, but they're making slot machines, and so they're not a failed company. They're actually doing just fine. They're just not doing the things you'd want. But they're releasing the Wheel of Fortune slot machine as an arcade one up, but it's not going to have any kind of money dispensers or anything like that. They're trying to make it more of a game, but it's going to have the same sights and sounds as the wheel of fortune slot machine you find in casinos, uh, which will still give you the, the dopamine rush, uh, because they, they trust me, they have researched what sounds give you a dopamine rush. Forza horizon five uses the same type of deal. Uh, when they, you know, when, when the wheels spin, whenever you get a wheel spin, uh, It's all the same sounds that give your brain the dopamine rush of, I won stuff. So uh, Tiger Claw says, Slot machines for the home so you can win your own money. Uh, Virtual money, more than likely. Yes. So this one is uh, virtual money. There are slot machines you can get for your house uh, that do – like you can put pennies in them. And, yes, you can win pennies and what people will do. And I I did this, and I even – Tried to get one of these, uh, but uh, it was a silent auction one time, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'll have like a you know a fun little penny slot machine in my house. They're they're not tall, like they're they're table like. There's things you would put on a table, so it's not a full size slot machine like you'd see in Vegas. Uh, but uh, they p- well people will like basically have a jar of pennies next to it, and like their kids will put pennies in and pull the lever, and you know that th- there are people that do that, uh, or, or they'll get a Apache slot machine from Japan that's a little more interactive than just the pulling the lever and seeing sevens and bars and cherries and stuff. Um, so th- what they're doing is they're taking the Wheel of Fortune video slot machine, which is a little more intricate than the bar seven sherry, the stereotypical pull the lever one. Uh, they're putting a little bit more game mechanics around it. And uh, apparently, uh, but yeah, they're, they're basically giving you the slot machine at the home because there's going to be a bunch of people I promise you there's going to be a bunch of people that don't care about arcade games that will get that because they care about the casino and they want the casino experience at home. And honestly, honestly, if somebody's having a gambling addiction, then giving them something like that in the home where it will... Um, Maybe give them the dopamine rush where they're not spending money to get that dopamine rush. They can have it in their home, have the same sights and sounds that they would have if they went to a casino. And it may be something that's good for some people. So I'm not going to knock it, but it's not for me. Uh. And uh Tech Law says uh, if they did something where you play the slot machines, you win credit that you redeem for rewards or something online. Th- there's there's a bank system, and I think there's like in-game stuff is what RK One-Up's doing there. TechLaw Law also says those home slot machines will be good for training for when you go to a real uh, casino slot machine. Um, there's nothing you can train for. And I say this as somebody who—I'm um, not going to say I worked in the industry, but one of the jobs I applied for— when I thought I was going to get in the gaming industry was literally in that side of the gaming industry, making video poker or video poker and video slot machines because they, you know, those are just arcade games with different buttons. So they got people that wanted to make arcade games. I almost, my first job out of college was almost building, uh, developing the video poker and video slot machines. Um, there's no skill involved. Um, it's more the the best skill you can have is not to play them, because there there it's not like blackjack where you, or, or poker where you need to know when to fold them and when when to hold them. Uh, it's not like craps where you you know should have a strategy of where you are going to place your chips, uh, it, it, or or roulette or anything like that. Um, even though roulette doesn't have that much strategy either. Uh, slots it's uh you hit the button and the and RNG takes over. So, uh there there's nothing there, there there's there's nothing that uh you can train for for slots except for not actually playing them. Anyway, I actually wasn't going to talk about all that stuff, but arcade one up, I'm, you know, I like my arcade one up cabinets, but I'm not going a slot machine. Uh but The Verge reports that Nvidia is officially relaunching its unlaunched Twelve gigabyte RTX 4080 graphics card as the RTX 4080 Ti. That's right. I learned today because I'm like I should pull up a background video on on uh, on on the screen when when I'm doing this. And I was watching it, and I actually heard it pronounced. I kept saying it's the 4070 Ti. No, no, the dude in this, the, whoever whoever that is. He pronounces it the tie. So it is the RTX 4070 tie. After accidentally posting specs for this 4070 tie over the weekend, NVIDIA is making the GPU official at the Consumer Electronics Show. Priced at $799 and available on January 5th, the 4070 tie looks set to take on AMD's $899 pricing for the RX 7900 XT. Uh, this rebranded card is now $100 less than NVIDIA had planned to launch with the original 12-gigabyte version of the 4080, and it comes after the company faced criticism over pricing and how much more powerful the 16-gigabyte power- counterpart was. NVIDIA admitted in October that having two GPUs with the 4080 designation is confusing, before saying it was pausing the launch of the 12-gigabyte 4080. Groomers quickly followed, suggesting NVIDIA would relaunch the card as the 4070 TiE. Fifthream compares this to the GIF, uh pronunciation and says that it is T-I. And Tiger Claw says he's been calling it the TIE since the 3080 cards. Well, this is the first time I personally have seen it called the TIE. And so it was a revelation for me today. The RTX 4070 TIE is identical To what was planned for the 12GB 4080, it ships with 7,680 CUDA cores, a 2.61GHz boost clock, and 12GB of memory. NVIDIA claims the RTX 4070 Ti could outperform the RTX 3080 by about 3.5 times when playing Cyberpunk 2077 with DLSS 3 enabled and the game's new ray tracing overdrive mode. NVIDIA is launching the 4070 TIE without a Founders Edition, so the only cards available will be from partners that will ultimately control whether the $799 price point holds at retail. For those of you that still want a new video card, now you have your cheaper 40 series option uh, for you, which they really should have called this that from the beginning. I don't know why they didn't, Uh, but they did. I'm still doing good with my 3080 tie that I have. Uh, that one's still doing me very, very well. Even though um, when I went into VR chat, uh, I, I did uh, going back to, to games done quick. Uh, that uh, my, the uh, I, I went into VR chat uh, to to go to like the games done quick festival that somebody had made, and there were like all these avatars in there, and it brought my computer like it dist- like. I was getting like 12 frames per second and like, I'm like, okay, yeah, VR chat's not all that optimized. And that's why I don't normally go into instances in VR chat where other people are, um, doesn't work too well. Uh, so, so, uh, but, but other than that, it's working just fine. Mike Deft says, I just want a new PC or laptop for video streaming and editing. I'm tempted to get a MacBook at this point. Um, At the risk of angering other people on the network, I will tell you that you're going to have more problems than not trying to stream, do video streaming from a Mac. I'm not saying it's impossible to do so. I'm not saying there aren't workarounds, but the vast majority of streaming uh, tech and streaming programs are designed for Windows because most gamers are on Windows not saying it's impossible, but you're gonna there are roadblocks that you have to do some really funky workarounds to get it to work on Mac. You have to work harder to get video streaming to work better on a Mac. Not impossible. these are not insurmountable uh but all all the video streaming tech is being done on windows the the editing absolutely. Macs are be- a lot better for photo editing, even video editing and all that stuff. Uh, so I'm not talking about that. But for streaming, right now, all of the good streaming tech, especially for Twitch, it's Windows first, everybody else later. So just just throwing that out there. Uh, it is not impossible to do game streaming from a Mac. It's not impossible. Uh, it's just there are some things that They don't really do That Macs don't do as well as Windows And you just have to work harder To get them to do it So also at CES This week it was announced That uh, You can get a PlayStation 5 The PlayStation 5 shortage Is finally over at least according To Sony they said quote Everyone who wants a PS5 Should have a much easier time finding One at retailers globally Starting from this point forward, unquote. That was Jim Ryan. He said that uh, during the CES presentation. They also announced that it has sold around 30 million consoles at this point. That's about five million more than the last time it released sales numbers in November. So um, people started being able to see them available. Uh, you could. I, I have not yet seen one in the wild, but I also have not been in stores. Uh, to see them in the wild. So that is more of a me thing and not a them thing. Um, But, you know, kind of like Gran Turismo 6 never came out because I never saw it in stores. Gran Turismo 7 came out. I saw that, but uh, 6 never came out. But now you can probably get a PS5, uh, probably, because Tiger Claw says, I didn't see any at Walmart. And that's, uh, you're going to see them more often. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to see one every time. So, um, now that like you know, Final Fantasy Sixteen's coming out in a couple months, you can get that you can get your PS Five ready for that. Uh, it's it's got it's got it's got a lot of great stuff. I mean, all the best exclusives that are not Mario or Zelda, uh, or actually, I mean, honestly, did Nintendo other than Pokemon, Nintendo didn't really do a lot of first party stuff. All the best first-party games, all the best exclusives are on the PS5. All the highest-rated ones that are exclusive are PS5. Go back to what E3VL said. God of War and Horizon, both PlayStation exclusive, yes, on PC as well. But if you don't want to get a high-end PC with a 4070 tie, then get a PS5 uh, and you're going to be able to play those. And you're still going to get to play Call of Duty if that's your thing because Microsoft's going to keep it on there no matter what uh, th- what what anybody else says, um, just don't apparently don't put it vertical because there's been some reports of like the thermal, uh, the glue the thermal glue leaking and frying other components. So have it sit horizontally. Um, yeah. Uh, Mike Deff says Kirby and the Forgotten Land was the best exclusive from last year. Don't at me. At Mike Deft. Okay, that's reasonable. So you can get a PS5, and if you put your PS5 vertical and it breaks, you can just go buy another one because obviously you're going to be made of money, right? No, you're not. Questbuster says, "Like a Dragon," Ishin's coming in February. That's right, and that's going to be a brawler like. It's not going to be the RPG. So if you you you're you're a fan of uh fa- fan, fan of the brawler Yakuza series, it used to be called Yakuza, now it's called Like a Dragon. Um, if you're, if you want the brawler side, Ishin's coming out in February. Now let's talk about Microsoft a little bit because this story came out and it's, it kind of shows that, um, clicks are what people are looking for. And it's a lot easier to be outraged by something you don't understand than what, uh, what's actually happening. So... There was a headline, and there was a big thing like it was up on Slashdot. It got it, you know, it was, which I, yes, I still read Slashdot. I'm that old. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it went around and read all the social medias, uh, both, both decentralized and centralized, that Microsoft doesn't know the history of Call of Duty. So The Verge had reported that, um, that, uh, Since gamers and regulators are worrying that Microsoft might keep Call of Duty from appearing on Sony's Playstations, uh, Microsoft lawyers are suddenly pretending they have no idea why Call of Duty is so special or when it came out, for that matter. So the headline is, Microsoft doesn't know when Call of Duty came out. And it's because Microsoft had to file a response to the FTC's claims because the FTC is sued to block the merger. And when you're sued, you have to respond to everything in their thing. So, um, and uh, Fifth Ream says, silly, they don't know how to Google. That's actually not it. And by the way, just you know, before anybody else Googles, uh, October ninth, 2003 is when Call of Duty first came out. That's its release date. However, if you actually look at what they said... And if you are have any kind of knowledge of how bad legalese is, they actually did not say they don't know when it came out. So what they actually said is, to the extent the complaint, which is the FTC complaint, is quoting from documents, Microsoft respectfully refers the court to the documents for an accurate and complete statement of their contents. Microsoft avers that it lacks knowledge or information sufficient to form a belief as to the truth of the allegations concerning industry perceptions of Call of Duty and Call of Duty's original release date. Okay, so that's, that's what it says. They are not saying they don't know when Call of Duty came out. What they are saying is, oh, you said when it's coming out, the industry believes that it came out that way? okay, we don't know exactly what the industry believes. We cannot form that opinion. They did not say they don't know when it comes out. They said, compare, you know, based on what you have said, we cannot form a belief that that is what the industry believes. Because it's all about the industry perception of Call of Duty. Because what was actually alleged was, and this is in the original complaint... Activision industry participants recognize Call of Duty as Activision's key product franchise. Call of Duty was originally launched in 2003, and Activision releases new titles for the franchise on an annual basis. Activision allocates substantial resources to the franchise, as many as redacted, because they blacked it out. Primary development studios are devoted to it at any one time, and its budget is significantly larger than other AAA titles. So what Microsoft is saying here, because when this happens... Legally, Microsoft has to respond to every bit in that paragraph. They have to respond to everything. So what it says is it, they, they're not saying we have no idea when Call of Duty came out. They're saying we lack knowledge of industry perceptions and allegations. And the allegations is the budget allocations by Activision. What they're actually doing is, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what everybody believes. Prove it. Because the FTC is suing them. Microsoft's not going to do the job of the FTC of saying, oh, yeah, it was released in 2008. No, the FTC needs to go through and say and and actually prove to the court, which they have with documents, which is why literally Microsoft says, we're not going to comment on that. You have the documents. We refer to the documents in terms of release dates. That's what they're actually saying, because it's a legal fight. So when responding to a legal play paper, and I, I looked up some, some actual people that are actually in the law industry, and this is kind of what they said. When you're responding to a legal paper, you have to respond to every clause in the paper. If it is something that is from your side, such as the name of the company, you accept it. If it is something you want decided in your favor, you allege it. If it is something the other side says, no matter how trivial your response is that you have no knowledge or information. So this means nothing. It is simply stating that these points listed in the document they are responding to aren't in Microsoft's wheelhouse. If it is important to their opponent's case, their opponent will have to establish it. It is not Microsoft's job to make their case easier. So Microsoft's not going to say, oh, yeah, we agree that it came out in 2003. They're like, no, you need to prove to the court that it came out in 2003 we're not going to agree to that for you so and and i know that the word belief is thrown out and and we have a we have a definition of belief here in normal people world and lawyers have a definition of belief that's not from normal person world so uh Belief does not mean that someone at Microsoft does not have a good idea of how they'd answer these questions. In a set of interrogations, which this is basically a legal interrogation, belief means a formal institutional position it would defend in court. You cannot realistically expect Microsoft to have a formal institutional pr- position on how Activision budgets for its Call of Duty releases. Because that's part of what this says. Activision, the original complaint from the FTC, Activision allocates substantial resources to the franchise Uh, and all these and its budget is significantly larger than other AAA titles. And what Microsoft said to that is they Microsoft has no uh, does not have the information sufficient to form a belief that they would defend in court Regarding the typical release schedule and the resources and budget that Activision allocates to Call of Duty, including the number of studios that, call, uh, that work on Call of Duty. And QuestBush says Microsoft playing more legal chess moves. This is a legal battle in a court of law. So, of course, this is actually what you would hope. If you were on the receiving end of one of these lawsuits, you would hope that your lawyers would be doing the same thing Microsoft is doing. Also, uh, part of this is that they talk, uh, the the original complaint talks about by any measure, Call of Duty is a leading AAA franchise, one of the most successful, blah, blah, blah. From its launch from 2003, it generated $27 billion in revenue, blah, 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 blah. And Microsoft basically says Microsoft avers that it lacks knowledge or information sufficient to form a belief as to the truth of allegations concerning Call of Duty's revenue, sales, and monthly active users. To the extent the complaint is referencing documents, Microsoft respectfully refers the court to the documents for an accurate and complete statement of their contents. So, what Microsoft is saying is, you already have the information of how many of their sales. It's already been provided to you. You should look at that. We're not going to sit there and and do your work for you. That's on them. So if you're out there going, Microsoft doesn't know, and, 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 and everybody's like, I just used Bing and saw it was October 29th, 2003. Yes. But it's not Microsoft's job when they're being sued to make the case easier for the people suing them. And if you are ever being sued, I would hope that your lawyer would do the same thing for you. They should not make it easy for the people suing them to, to, to make their case. It is The burden of proof is on the FTC. If the FTC says that substantial resources are used, Microsoft's going to be like, oh, really? Prove it. Because Microsoft knows the substantial resource. Yes, the people at Microsoft do know that. But in a court of law, they're going to be like, "No, that's on you. That that's an allegation from you." Now, if they said Microsoft, you know, Microsoft's corporate name is Microsoft, whatever, Microsoft would be like, "Yes, we we accept that our name is Microsoft, whatever." In fact, that's what the rest of the document. is. Yeah, Microsoft accepts that this is a deal thing, blah blah blah. But people keyed on this and were like, Microsoft doesn't know when it came out. <laughs> QuestBush says, we're not doing your homework, says Microsoft, probably. It is. that is. They're literally saying, You're, you've got the documents, you read them. It's kind of like, you know, there, there's a, a site, uh, in, in its shorthand is L- lmgtfy.com. And it's, let me Google that for you, is what it's actually called. And you go to that site, and you put in a search term. And what it does is it gives you a link that you can then send to somebody. And what it does is it puts up this, uh, it sends them to a site and it's like, oh, by the way, here. And it like has this animated mouse cursor come down the screen, types in the search term and like hits the you know Google search button and says, see, wasn't that easy? And then it pulls up the actual Google search so you can do your own homework. That's essentially what Microsoft's doing here. So Microsoft's lawyers are basically saying that as a third party and defendant, not Activision itself, it lacks the capacity to form from a legal standpoint to comment directly against the FTC's claims, which are not facts in this situation, but the prosecution's arguments. To be admissible in the court case, the FTC will need to gather the evidence to verify these claims and convince the court of their veracity. It is not Microsoft's duty to certify the FTC's statements in this situation. So Microsoft is basically saying... Now you're going to have to prove that it came out on October 29th, 2003. We're not we're not going to do that for you. That's up to you. You need to convince the court that it initially came out in 2003. And that's just standard. That's that that's just the way it is. Lawyers aren't cheap. Trust me, I know. You want to know what else is uh, not cheap? Um, storage, especially if it fails. This, uh, I feel for my sports gamers out there, but this can, this can happen at any time. And just because the cloud exists, uh, really you need to know that the cloud is just someone else's computer. And unfortunately, uh, a bunch of Madden players figured that out the hard way. And this has nothing to do with Madden Ultimate Team. Uh, so this is not the loot box. This is not the loot box stuff. So I, you don't, don't worry about that. Um, this is actually a mode that people actually play rather than people actually try to make money on. Video Games Chronicle reports that EA says 60% of recently wiped Madden franchise saves are likely unrecoverable. Electronic Arts does not expect to be able to recover the majority of Madden NFL 23 franchise save files that were corrupted last week due to a data storage issue. In a forum post, the publisher apologized for the issue, which impacted players who logged into Franchise Leagues around 2.45 p.m. Eastern on December 28th and 12.45 a.m. Eastern on December 29th. They said, quote, Unfortunately, if you logged into Franchise Leagues during this time, your data was affected due to a data storage issue that resulted in Franchise Files becoming corrupted, unquote. Um... So they say, quote, first off, we are sorry this happened. We know how important your franchises are to you, and we are actively working on a fix or restore some files via a backup as soon as possible. However, not all affected leagues can be restored. The team is currently projecting around 40% of leagues to be recovered, unquote. Um, and they said, uh, quote, if you logged in during the above w- window, we encourage you to start a new franchise as the mode is up and running, unquote. So... Sean three two two says happened to me. My poor Eagles. I am I am very sorry to hear that because when I play sports games, it's really it's whatever the franchise mode is, whatever they call it. That's the one I play. That's the game that I play uh, in all the sports games that I do play. So I get that. And I I what I don't know from this is is this the franchise mode? that you play locally, I think this is actually the online franchise because Madden started having this, you could have a franchise mode, but instead of, you know, just you and the, you know, controlling your team and going through, you can actually have online franchise modes where you're playing other people that have their own team and they're in the leagues and you would go through and, you know, you would be like, okay, these couple days we're going to play week one. And so you would actually have an online match against the other person uh, and then you also you would be battling for the same players. And basically it would be an online franchise, which is a really cool concept. Uh, and that's why it probably would have been corrupted because that has to be saved on the cloud. And unfortunately they had a data storage issue on where they had that and they did not have sufficient backups. Sean322 says, my franchise was my own, but it is both. And that, that kind of sucks uh, because an offline franchise... I would hope would not be affect. You know, I hope I would hope that they would not force you to store those in the cloud. Those could be stored locally. However, what they may be trying to do, and I don't know this for certain, is that because there's a lot that is tracked, instead of trying to save all of that to your local storage, they just store it on the cloud. Uh, so that may be a way that they can track a lot more things and have a lot more stats available uh, than if it was something that had to be stored on your local drive. Sean three, two, two says, I don't think they let you save it locally anymore. At least it didn't let me choose to. And that's, I bet it's probably because they just, there's so much data that they, that maybe they do a lot of processing online and they store it online. So you don't have to store it locally and it only feeds you what you want. So I guess that's the reason, but yeah, so that sucks that even the offline franchise got corrupted by this. Uh, so my, my heart goes out to you because that's the boat I play in all my sports games. Uh they call it something different every time but it's the franchise mode. Usually with me it's actually like whatever the player mode is, the creator player where you like create a player and you play as that player. Uh I play that more often now instead of like go, do, going uh, doing the whole team. But uh I feel for you. So hearts out to Sean 322. So uh we are going to take a very quick music break. And uh, then uh, come back and talk to OLR for the first time in 2023. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show and the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. You're listening to the Bobby Blackwell Show. It's number one. I'm about video game radio was number one <laughs> I'm number one. The heck with everybody else <laughs> You're listening to the great radio show. Now have a rotten day <laughs> I, I want you to have a good day. No rotten day. Warrior, you'll get out of here. Charles Martinet did that a long time ago for the show. He'd do it again. I'm sure. He, he's he's still awesome. Uh, if you want to leave a bumper so I'm not playing stuff from literally 2006, which is when that bumper was recorded, uh, all you got to do is contact me and send me an mp3 with just your voice or a video with just your voice. We are a video show as well, but audio podcast first uh, about coming back to the Bobby Blackwell show. I will choose which DMCA violation I want to put behind it uh, and uh, then I can play some new stuff on here. Um, so uh, I don't think we have anybody in the green room. I also kind of went long, so I don't think anybody's ready to to hop in. Uh, so, uh, but uh, but yeah, so uh, remember, I am going to be at AGDQ. I'm going to be on AGDQ hosting, reading your donations uh, in, in in about 10 hours from now if you're live. Uh, and if you use the hashtag Vogue Network in your donation, that is more likely for it to get read. But do not promote me. Do not do a self, you know, I can't do self-promotion, which means I can't read your uh, self-promotion of me. Uh, you can mention me if you want, like, you know, oh, you know, yeah, the host Bobby Black, blah, 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 blah. but make it about the run, make it about the don- uh, the charity, make it about the an incentive or something if you do donate. Uh, but uh, the hashtag at least will get to me, and I'll be able to see it and smile because it is really like it's early in the morning for me, and there's not a lot of people around, uh, so I, I'm going to be lonely. Uh, but not lonely tonight is you here at the Voice Geeks Network because coming up next. Is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do, and they are back after taking a New Year's off. Uh, so we like to check in with them. Sacramento, are you there?
1: I am here, Bobby. How are you? I
0: I am doing well. I uh am am worried about having to wake up really early for me. Like <laughs> yeah, I, you have an early day tomorrow. Yeah it's it's five a.m. So um I gotta say, have you beat my high score yet again? Which is not really my high score; it's your high score. But I see it in the background, and I I will then tell the podcast audience what I'm seeing in the background. But you answer my uh, wh- question. What this old thing? Um, yeah. y-
1: yes, I did.
0: Okay, so you have beaten your high score again. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very so Meta, yeah. I, I am seeing a Tron arcade one-up cabinet in Rob's background next to the Burger Time. There is even a Master Ball on top of the Burger Time. Uh, that that is what I am seeing. Uh, if you if you come over to Twitch. On Sunday nights, if you're able to, you will be able to see this as well. Uh, but uh, what, do you, what do you think of the cabinet now that you've had more than like two or three games with it?
1: I actually didn't realize that there was a black light that's actually built into the yes. cabinet. I always thought that that was something that you, because in your you know Black Wolf Manor mm-hmm. you have a supplemental black light to really um, you know show off your carpet and things like that, too. So I guess it just didn't click for me that there was actually a black light in the machine. Yep so when i first kind of saw that i was like "Ooh, the way it like lights up all the mm-hmm. paint so it's a very it's a very solid um machine um i think as somebody had pointed out in a review i was in online the front panel now you'll notice i have my tron custom stool in front of it yeah. um but the panel otherwise is empty whereas on the burger time machine you see the other games that are playable listed on the front mm-hmm. there's no real logo they're on the riser but the, the yeah. logos for the two games that are there uh are not present and so it's, it looks very plain i think that's why a lot of the newer arcade one-up machines you're starting to see that they're putting like fake coin doors uh on that so it's they're kind of doing something with that that part looks a little funky but otherwise yeah the machine's great especially considering it's um you know only two games um it's really good quality so it was uh yeah (laughs) and and, uh i see
0: go ahead yeah and alan alchemy says building it was fun and easy and rob had a great time and no complaints that was exactly like my experience too (laughs) exactly
1: Yeah, so you know how they say, um, don't use a power drill in building the machine. I said, forget that and uh, ended up using one by the time I got to the riser, I built the actual machine machine by hand, especially because I know you like, especially when you're dealing with the screws near the screen, you gotta be really careful and all that. But um, oh, goodness, just getting everything to line up, especially when it is just ask, ask Alan how much he had helped hold up parts. Yeah, <laughs> but he didn't know he did what I needed him to, especially with the um, the riser towards the end, because everything just has to line up perfectly to get that. And yeah, I, I know you can damage wood or strip mm-hmm. screws. It was a risk at that point. I was pretty much willing to take um, and it, like what I do, I kind of like start it by hand and then use the drill on the lowest setting. So but it, like it just got to be too much.
0: Yeah, what keeps what kept happening to me is um because what they do and this is good for anybody that's going to build any arcade one up because they all do this and I think I bet IKEA furniture does this too, but I don't build IKEA furniture, so I don't have a frame of reference. But they'll have you put these little wood uh wood sticks in to kind of hold things together, uh, but if you're not careful, those will snap very easily. Oh yeah. And I've had that happen on every at least it's happened once on every build I've done. Now they do sometimes give you extras. But yeah. you know, I've had that happen a couple times, but really, ultimately, as long as you realize those are just there to hold it together until you can screw it in, you you're not you don't freak out, but it it is kind of frustrating when they break because because yeah. it needs to be built in like very funky ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have to have things and that the screen is the hardest part, mm-hmm. and getting the other panel on because they have you like lay it on its side and you build up. And then you have yeah. to get the other panel on, which has like nine screws, and you have to line everything up exactly.
1: It has to be lined up perfect. And it, usually at that point, you've had just enough variance and everything else you've put in there that it's just slightly off, and it's really annoying. Yeah. Um, but as you can see, it hasn't fallen over yet, So yep. uh, so far so good.
0: And were you able to p- hook up all the lights the first time correctly? Because I did not.
1: I did hook up the lights correctly. The thing that I missed was that I totally forgot to plug in the sound. So when I turned on the machine the first time, I was like, "Why is it making any sound?" And then I realized I probably forgot something. I Had to open up the back, yep, and fix all that. But um, so yeah, where where yeah. you had lighting problems, I had sound problems. Yep.
0: But you have it now, uh, and it mm-hmm. and it's working fine. The control deck's still working fine for you and everything.
1: Yeah, I don't have any complaints about the joystick or anything like that yet. I hear that's an issue for some people, but it's fine. Oh, I had some weird problems getting it connected to the Internet. Actually, I had to use a workaround that I found on Reddit, actually, uh, about changing. And I had to like in order to get this thing to stop trying to get on the Internet with the correct information I'd given it. um, I had to like turn off my network modem to get it to so that like it would fail absolutely i couldn't even just block the device it would still keep trying so i completely unplugged the router just you know in a -hmm. a fit of screw it um so i uh, did that and then there's a whole thing on reddit where you put in your like username as like change system date or something that and you change the date back to march 1st 2022 which probably closer to around the time the machine originally came out Mm -hmm. um and then it works once once you do that, it, like, just magically works. It's so weird. So I don't know what's going on on their server end right now, but, um, yeah. But the only thing it needs to be online for is the leaderboards. Yep. But, you know, I wanted to see what my old score was because I couldn't remember.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I didn't want to hit a nerve and
0: ask. <laughs> I'm fine now, I guess. <laughs> I mean the your picture's still banned you're still banned, but like that's just <laughs> that's just because I'm I'm waiting for the day you come down there and you rip it and you know, rip it to shreds and enter my arcade.
1: And keep in mind Alan's gonna be with me this I year, know. so maybe you can ban us both.
0: That's right. I'll I'll have to get a new picture. <laughs> um but but yeah, so I'm I'm glad that you were able to get it uh and and stuff. The the complaint that some people have, if people are wondering like what what other people have complaints for the joystick, people who are arcade enthusiasts and have played the actual Tron cabinet from before uh, know that the actual joystick is a lot more sturdy and it's a lot, and this is a little, even though if you're not used to it, this joystick seems fine. They know that this, the arcade one up joystick is a little bit flimsier. This is the same thing they have with the star Wars cabinet. It's a little bit flimsier than they would like. It's not as sturdy and as heavy duty as what they're used to in the arcade. So that's the complaint that people have with the it's joystick. It's
1: definitely lighter than like an actual arcade stick would be.
0: Yeah. So uh and Alan Alchemy does say that the stick does feel a little che- a little cheap, but it lights up. So It does. Lights up. It it it's 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 not dollar tree, but it may be like 10 dollar tree.
1: <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, it's unfortunate in the way my, my office is composed. And by the way, the interesting thing is I have to keep these machines outside now because you'll notice the Tron machine is significantly taller. Yes, And the, the closet, everything – I mean I would have to completely redo the closet. But the closet comes up to about where the center of that Pokeball is. Sorry to the podcast listeners, but I have a, a master ball that sits on top of the Burger Time machine. The closet – Uh, Wall or ceiling kind of comes up to about there so the Tron cabinet is actually too big unless I take it off the riser yeah Um, I don't screw the machine down to the riser I don't uh, either just for that reason that you know I don't have little kids that play them either so I'm not quite as uh, worried about the durability Um, so I could take it off the riser although that would be kind of weird but yeah still some things but what i will point out and you know what alan while well, i was watching there is a couch behind me here to this side but otherwise the table that used to be there is gone and now isn't that interesting it opens up this conveniently oh wow size space between the tron machine and the couch hmm. 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 Hmm.
0: Hmm. Hmm. you know rk1up also makes pinball machines you know so they do they do it's a
1: little it would be a little different than
0: a real deal one but
1: uh i could be into it who knows who knows but then there's also that super pac-man i've had my eye on for a while
0: and they just announced new one at ces
1: yes they did that has ms pac-man again because i guess they got some of the right stuff worked out so that's good
0: or or are you going to get the wheel of fortune casino
1: Mm, not really my thing but ironically i have a friend i'm not sure how much i should say well i'm not going to say who it is I have a friend who has like casino machines in his house. And to the extent that I don't think they're actually legal, what he has in his house, because they actually take dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, He has a setup where he has these like five dollar bills or whatever that he actually puts through and they just come right back out. So he can just put them through again and again and again. Um, And they're they're the type that print the ticket vouchers and slot machines stopped giving actual money a long time ago. They all print ticket vouchers. So uh that's that's kind of what they do instead. Um but it's all it's all fake, but I guess because of the fact that they could print ticket vouchers or whatever yeah. they are uh a little bit um we'll say under the radar, but he has a room full of them. Full of them and it's it's we were talking about before, it's the dopamine, it's the the you know the the rush of hitting a jackpot. Like you know, and I'm sure a lot of us gamers are like but what's the point? You don't. There, and You were outlining earlier. There really isn't skill when it comes to slots, no. which is funny because they have slot machine tournaments in casinos. Yeah. But there, yeah, you're right. It's all predetermined by a computer and all that. So there's really nothing, you know, besides just the the game of chance, the or the simulated chance that goes into it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. It's not for me, but um, yeah. you know, but I get it, especially especially for somebody who maybe you know loves the dopamine rush and then goes to a casino and spends a lot of money. Well, you can get this arcade one up that has that same dopamine rush and you've spent your money up front and you're not losing any more money, but you're still getting that rush. So I I get it. I totally get it. And it's also why there are, you know, slot machine games uh, on, you know, on consoles or on handhelds. Um, Yeah.
1: Or uh, Alan really enjoys one on the cell phone and he Mm -hmm. gets all these points that apparently we can actually redeem for things in Vegas. Like a lot of it's like... 30% off coupons. So it's not like actual freebies. But I think there was one where like he can get a hotel in Vegas, like on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, but still, of course they want to lure you to the hotels because if you're going to gamble on your phone, you're probably going to gamble IRL. So, you know, he, he plays that app a lot. Actually. I think he has a lot of points. Alan, how many points do you have in that app without giving him a free commercial? (laughs) So I keep saying next time we go to Vegas, I'm going to let him buy some of the stuff with his points.
0: There you go. Yeah. So uh so yeah, so uh what else are you gonna be talking about on OLR tonight?
1: So we'll talk about some other announcements at a Consumer Electronics Show, including some Atari uh, things that are on their way that sound a little more enticing for Atari's brand than maybe the uh, you know computer they tried to put out uh, not that long ago. Uh, we'll also talk about, uh, you know, we love our Dead by Daylight here at Orange Hawns Radio, especially Dark Sakura. Mm-hmm. Some big, big rumors, but the kind with the evidence to back it up um, the, about Dead by Daylight potentially losing one of its biggest licensed characters, Ooh. which is actually a really big deal because, uh, you know, its whole uh, multiverse of horror thing could be at risk, uh, you know, if they lose this character. But uh, mm-hmm. when we tell you what's going on, I think it'll make a lot of sense why that is possibly happening. And then uh, let's see what else we want to talk about. How about we'll talk about oh, another union popped up in the industry. And this, I think you're the first yep. of many you're going to see in 2023.
0: Good. good. That is good. I am glad to hear that. And uh, I am also glad when you hear the story, uh, the company that, that they all work for was like, OK, yeah, we'll recognize it. Like, no fight. So yep. But Good they on... can't tell you when the union will be in no. place. But <laughs> but they're not putting up a fight. So no, they're not Orange fight. Lawrence Radio is up next. Welcome back. And I can't Thank wait you. for you to watch the runs that I host on AGDQ on YouTube 24 hours later because I know you're not going to be up at 3 in the morning to watch them. <laughs> if
1: tonight is anything like last night with everything going on in Sacramento, I just might. So right. well, um, yeah, careful what you wish for. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I, I want you to get some rest. Great, right. Thank you. Orange <laughs> Lawrence Radio is up next. Thanks so much. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh yes, that is it for me tonight. Uh I will be back here next Sunday night, eight PM Eastern, five PM Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue You can come join us and interact with the show directly, or go on our uh our or our Discord server, Vognetwork.com slash Discord or you can hear me Monday morning and Thursday morning, early in the morning, around 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific, hosting awesome Games Done Quick 2023 online over at their Twitch channel, Games Done Quick. Um, so uh, you can jo- join uh, there or on the Games Done Quick YouTube channel about 24 hours After these runs, they will then upload them. Twitch has a 24-hour exclusivity. You can also watch the VOD on Twitch if you really want to. You can watch the whole thing, see the chat replay on the right side, all the memes, all the emotes, all that stuff. But uh, Monday morning and Thursday morning, I close out the awful block on Thursday morning. And trust me, Steven Seagal being the final option, that prototype game, that that is something. It's definitely something. We're going to have a lot of fun on that. Uh, So uh, thank you so much. Uh, If you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody. But it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, and we would not be able to make this all work without the support of chatters who go above and beyond. You being here really all we ask. But I do want to call out and thank Dark Tetsuya for resubscribing uh, And he said, a happy two-year subversary and a nine-month streak to Boots. Thank you so much. 24 months. Uh, Dark to see has been here since the beginning uh, and obviously that's been amazing. Uh, And uh, and so the support uh, in all fashions is amazing. Thank you so much. Dark Soccer resubscribed. Thank you so much. And Rob Roberts resubscribed saying, oh my god, we... It was like the old... I, I read that in the the, I'm, I'm old. There's the meme about, you know, uh, Firefox and Internet Explorer and Wii. And anyway, uh, I, I'm not going to try to do it any justice by talking about it and trying to. So I'm just going to hit the button and I'm going to go. And I will see you in uh, maybe in 10 hours, maybe on Thursday, but definitely on Sunday. Uh, I'll see you then. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the
1: hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the VOG Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.